Most single dads never planned on becoming single. Death, divorce, separation may have left you holding the pieces and responsibility of both parenting and running a house alone. On top of that, you may also feel alone with your thoughts and emotions, wondering how you can or will survive your circumstances. If this is you, there is help. There's such a thing as a single father coach who specifically works with single dads of all walks of life. And he will join us here on the Fatherhood Challenge, offering hope and help in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge, a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability and culture of their family's environment. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Guerrero. Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest is single father coach, Rob Rohde. Rob, thank you so much for joining me on the Fatherhood Challenge. Hi, Jonathan. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Rob, what is your own personal story behind why you became a single father coach? I mean, I think like so many of us that are in this space, um, the story of how we got there is very personal and it is based on, you know, a lot of things that have happened to us over the course of our lives. And, you know, for me, when I became a single father, um, so basically when I went through my separation and then my divorce, it was difficult and it was a lot, there were a lot of struggles for me. Um, I, you know, was very involved with my kids upbringing. I was very involved with the day-to-day kind of household responsibilities and taking them to school and things like that prior to the separation and divorce, but still when that moment came where I became a single father, it just was totally different. And I was overwhelmed and I struggled with anxiety and I struggled with being able to sleep at night. And I struggled with things like um, just not really knowing what my kids needed from me. And there were things that my wife, the girl's mom had done just naturally in our kind of roles that we had established over the course of our marriage that I didn't really get involved with. And one of those was something like, for instance, setting up playdates for the kids and, you know, interacting with the other parents and the other, and often cases, moms, you know, before and after school, that was all foreign to me. And that was difficult. And I struggled with it. And, um, I really felt like I was failing. You know, I loved my kids. I was involved with my kids and I was trying but I was really not doing well. And, you know, I remember this moment with my oldest daughters and just for a point of reference at the time that I became a single father, I had five daughters. I still have five daughters. My oldest two were teenagers and they really did not want to hang out with me during that time. And so we had joint parenting time. And I remember like it was yesterday, this moment where I, drove up to their mom's house to pick them up for their parenting time with me. And my oldest two daughters refused to get in the car. They did not want anything to do with me. They were upset at me. I had made mistakes. They were, um, they just had a lot of anger and resentment towards me, but that affected me deeply. And you fast forward maybe a couple of weeks and another kind of kind of this pivotal moment. Um, well, let me start by saying, initially, I was sitting in this place of blame, this place of being a victim, 
and really feeling like all of these things were being done to me and that I really had no control over it, that, you know, I love my kids. Why are they not wanting to spend time with me as opposed to what my role might have been in that? And so a couple of weeks after that incident took place, I remember sitting in my bedroom all alone in the house, sitting on my bed, looking at myself in the mirror. And I was, I had just listened to a podcast earlier that day. And within that podcast, the, um, the host had mentioned, he was, he was giving a story regarding uh, a leadership meeting that he had been in and really a goal that he fell short on. And his boss had told him or had asked him, how did your leadership contribute to this result? And I'm letting that sink in for a minute because I used those words and looked myself in the mirror and asked myself, Rob, how has your parenting contributed to this result, contributed to your relationship with your oldest daughters? And that just changed everything for me. It allowed me to go from a place of being a victim and helpless to a place of taking responsibility and being empowered. And I'm not going to say that everything just changed in a moment because it didn't. I was still sitting in that blame place for a while, you know, blaming my ex-wife for maybe not painting me in the best light with the kids, blaming my daughters for not wanting to be with me. Um, But that was the starting place for, for me taking responsibility And eventually I was able to move into that state where I was able to look at myself and say, okay, Rob, what are you going to do from this point forward? What changes are you going to make? And how are you, what are you going to do specifically to work on mending this specific relationship, this relationship with your twin daughters? And so that, that was a big turning point in my life. But unfortunately, there's more. Um, About four or five years after that, there was a moment where um, there was a series of events that took place that eventually led to the suicide of the girl's mom. And so that just was another kind of punch in the gut that changed my life. It changed the girl's life. And even though a lot of growth had taken place in me from the time that I had first gotten divorced up until that point in time, it had been a few years, I had really began taking ownership of my life and ownership of my role as a parent. I had been mending relationships. I had been working on growth. I had been really striving to make an impact on the lives of my family. The rules changed at that moment. And I went from having a co-parenting partner to being a solo parent and parenting daughters who had experienced a significant loss. And during that period of time, after the dust kind of settled, so to speak, I was able to kind of reflect on all of these things that had happened. And I just made a decision. I made a decision that I wanted to take these awful things that had happened And all of these experiences that I had encountered and my family had gone through, and I wanted to figure out a way to use this to help other people. I wanted to figure out a way to use this for something good. And so that was kind of the beginning of me moving in the direction of starting my own business. And so really what I strived to do was to create a business 
that helped other fathers, specifically single fathers, by providing them with what I wish that I had had at that point in my life, Mm -hmm. by providing them with accountability and support and resources and tools and motivation and all of those things and all of those pieces. And so I kind of looked back at all of the things that I had done and that my family had done that allowed us to move through all of these obstacles and to a place of being healthy and happy and fulfilled. And I put that into, built that into a program. My business exists to help single fathers establish healthy boundaries, build life-changing relationships with their kids and create a legacy, a legacy that extends beyond their career and their bank account. I know I have friends who are single dads and could have used this at specific times in their life. What are the biggest struggles of the dads that you've coached and how did you help them get past their struggles? The biggest challenges that I have noticed that single fathers face are some of the same ones that I faced, of course. You know, it's this feeling of loss and that is a piece that nobody talks about. But when you go through it, most of the time, you become a single father either from going through a divorce or a separation or perhaps from the, the death or the loss of a, of a spouse. But either way, there is a significant, um, there's a significant feeling of loss and nobody is going to come out there and say, you know what, I'm feeling this sense of loss, but how that is going to present is there's going to be this sense of feeling a sense of overwhelm and continual stress and drowning in responsibilities, feeling like it's really difficult to juggle work and your household chores and all your kids' needs. You're also going to have this feeling of isolation and loneliness, or at least that is very, very common. And also there, another common struggle that I have seen is really kind of questioning their abilities and questioning whether or not they are even capable of taking care of their kids. You know, a common phrase that I have heard a lot of single dads, a lot of dads, to be honest, but especially single dads use is, I am just worried I'm going to screw up my kids. I just want you to tell me, what can I do right now so I can stop screwing up my kids? And, you know, they, in their own words, they're basically expressing that thought and that idea. And as far as what I am able to provide for them and what I am able to help them with is... It's, it's basically kind of twofold. There, It is the accountability and connection piece by me providing accountability and support and a sense of community. So they feel like these dads, these men's feel maybe a little bit less alone and have a little bit more guidance and a little bit more support, feeling like I now have someone that's walking alongside me. And really that's why I created this business is because I want to walk alongside these men during their most difficult moments. And I want to be that support for them because I really wish that I had had that myself. So that is one key ingredient. And then another way that I uh, strive to help these individuals is really by providing them with a, what I call a customizable step-by-step process. So it is a defined process that is fully customizable depending on the, the needs and the wants of that specific dad and their circumstances. And so really helping them lay out 
these are some exact steps that I am able to take in order to move forward and improve my role as a father. What are the common stereotypes or misconceptions about single dads? Are they true or are they not true and why? This is a great question because, you know, stereotypes exist for a reason. And that is not to say that they're all true, but a lot of times at one point in time, based on social norms at that time, they were true or there were parts of it that were true. But one, a couple of stereotypes that I will say is tr- are true is that many single fathers struggle with work-life balance and many single fathers struggle with experiencing feelings of loneliness and isolation. I think those stereotypes are true But you could also substitute the word fathers with the word parents, and I think it would also be true. Because when you are a single parent, you are struggling. A single parent who is working and trying to provide for your family, the struggle of work-life balance is real. I mean, that is your life, and that is something that you are going to battle. And same thing with feeling like you have enough time to connect with people um, and losing your spouse in a lot of cases that sense of loneliness is going to be real. So I would say those are true, but they're not things that can't be fixed. They're not things that can't be worked through. Um, Some stereotypes or misconceptions that I feel are absolutely false is that single fathers are not capable of being as nurturing as single moms. I simply do not believe that to be true. And I I think that that stereotype came from years and years of moms and, or I should say fathers and mothers playing certain roles within the lives of their families. Um, And while it might be true that certain characteristics and certain emotions come more naturally for one individual versus the other, I would not say across the board that it is always mom versus the dad in terms of, of those those uh, characteristics. One other stereotype that I, th- I would like to put an end to for sure is that moms play a more important role in the lives of their kids than fathers. Mm, yes, this breathes a lot of hope. Absolutely. And, you know, the other piece of that is that it can be a learned characteristic, it can be a learned quality. And I think that that is a limiting belief that a lot of people have is that however you are today as a parent is how you will be forever. And that's simply not true. I mean, that is what personal growth is all about. And, you know, we have the ability to develop these qualities and to, um, you know, to really focus on these areas that we feel that we want to improve and we have the ability to make improvements in them. And as you said, the way that that nurturing might come across for me versus for um, for you or for a a mom might be different, but it doesn't make it less meaningful or less impactful in the lives of their kids. The last episode I did was on paternal postpartum depression. And uh, it was fascinating to really delve deeper into that topic at some of the causes of that, uh, some of the symptoms as well. And one of the things that made its way into the discussion was this misconception by dads that mothers somehow just magically have it all together, that they go into the pregnancy, 
and they go into motherhood with this instinct that is just somehow there of what to do and how to do things. And I have had several mothers come on this program and confirm and tell me that that is a lie. What mothers have done differently and what you may be seeing is that they recognize, okay, I don't know anything. And so they take initiative. They read books, they study, they go to meetings, they ask questions of other people and they get into these social circles and share and exchange knowledge. They do something about it. They're proactive. And so this breathes hope into, into dad relationships because dads can do the same thing. This is a learned behavior, a learned thing, not something that's instinctive. That's a great point. I mean, that's speaking to the intentionality of it and, you know, really kind of making a decision that this is what I know that this is important for me and my role as a parent. And I will, you know, I'll just expand on this just slightly further, if you don't mind. And that's that, you know, there are two aspects to parenting. And if you break down the parenting piece and the role of a single father and a single mom, and I think that there is the analytical approach and there is the emotional approach. And the analytical approach is the approach where you are establishing systems and processes and structure in order to to create this sense of stability and security for your kids. And that is extremely, extremely important. And it leads to things like having habit, establishing kind of habits or chore duties or um, bedtimes or curfews. And all of those things are important for kids to have. But that's only one piece. And the other piece is the emotional piece. And that's the piece that allows you to, to connect with your kids on a deeper way for your kids to feel heard and seen and valued as they are and to feel a sense of connection to you as the parent. And I think that I'm bringing this up because for single parents, they have to fulfill both of these roles and they have to sometimes learn the aspect that does not come as naturally to them. And it doesn't mean that it will always be the emotional side that they have to learn. It could be the analytical side. You know, maybe they've been that emotional support and now they need to learn about how to create more structure for their family. But both sides are important. And, you know, I think that speaks to how difficult it can be for a single parent to try to create that whole experience that allows their kids, uh, puts their kids in an environment that gives them the greatest chance of thriving. I've seen single dads who look like they're always on top of things and they have their act together. Is what I'm seeing just a front or can a single dad really have it figured out and get to that place where his role is a well-oiled machine? Well, I would say in my experience that it is not a facade that you can actually or absolutely as a single father or single mom get to the point where your um, your life, your family structure runs like a well-oiled machine. But I just want to caution in that we are we often what we see on the outside is not really a good indication of what's going on on the inside. And so if you really kind of like lift the curtain and kind of look behind the curtain, there is often other things there. 
that maybe we don't see. Besides your coaching service, are there any resources you would recommend for dads to help with things like time management, motivation, or even mental health? Yes. Um, you know what? I, I think for the purpose of this conversation, I'm going to keep this very simple, simple and easy, because I feel like simple and easy is repeatable. <laughs> it's easy to be, con- it's easier to be consistent and consistency is where the magic happens, right? It's whenever we do something on a consistent basis. So these, these might seem really simple to you and your, your audience, but I'm going to throw them out there anyway. So we all have a smartphone these days and your smartphone can be a great resource to you as a father, as a single father. You can, my suggestion is to take your smartphone and take your iPhone or whatever you have and use it today to block off time for your kids, to block off time for your family. Mm -hmm. Because there's this saying, right, that what gets scheduled gets done. And I'm not sure why it is that we are so willing to schedule all of these other external um, kind of meetings and appointments and job responsibilities, but we don't put the same emphasis on our family life. And so I block off, I mean, I put it in my calendar and I time block time for my kids and time for my family. And sometimes I'll do this weeks in advance. So I encourage you to do that. I think that can be a great resource. And taking that same phone that you have, you can also, I would also encourage you to do something very, very simple. Set a daily alarm that goes off at some point where it will go off maybe during your lunch break or maybe in the morning as you're getting ready for work, whatever that might be, that is a reminder to you to just send a simple text to your kids. Just send something simple to let them know, hey, I'm thinking about you. I love you. Hope you have a great day. That is as simple as it comes and it can make a tremendous impact. This next question might be a little uncomfortable for some dads in the audience, but I still think it's it's vitally important to discuss this. Is there a time and a best way for a single dad to handle dating with respect to the emotions and feelings of his children? Yeah, this is a this is a hot topic. And I will say that in my experience, there definitely is not a one-size-fits-all answer to this. And the research would actually support that, um, that it really depends on so many factors. For instance, what was the nature that caused the caused you to become a single father in the first place? Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be very different if that situation was the death of a spouse versus going through a divorce. It also might be very different if it involves, if you are raising um, young children or infants versus raising teenagers. And so I'm not trying to skirt this question, but I'm trying to give context to, to the answer. And in short, though, I would say that it is pretty well, um, it is pretty well received that taking your time before entering into a dating relationship following, uh, following separation or divorce is recommended. And in particular, looking at your family and ensuring that your family has reached a point of relative stability and that your kids have reached a point of having this new routine and all the new changes that have taken place in their lives kind of dialed in and a little bit more uh, systematized versus 
everything still being new and chaotic and up in the air. But the two main things to look at is one, are you ready as an individual to start a new relationship? And two, are your kids ready? And that first question only you can answer. That second one, I would recommend having, depending on the age of your kids, having age-appropriate conversations that are honest and open. And then also kind of really having in mind what it is that you would need from a partner, whether that partner is someone that you're dating or someone that you're getting serious about. And in particular, some big red flags are individuals who um, do not show flexibility based on your parenting schedule or individuals who struggle with the commitment level that you are showing towards your kids and how that is affecting them and that relationship. Those are a couple of kind of red flags, as well as, of course, the interactions that take place between the person you are dating and your kids, which I would strongly recommend waiting until, you know, you've reached the point where it is a pretty serious relationship that has a potential of turning into something more long-term. Rob, how can dads listening get a hold of you with any questions that they have or get set up with a coaching session with you? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, I actually have a, a podcast as well, and I the name of my podcast is The Business of Being Dad, and I release episodes. Um, this year, I'm releasing episodes every Tuesday, and so that is a great way to get a hold of me or to really find out more about my work and my style and to just kind of get to know my personality a little bit and what I have to offer. But within each of my episodes, within the show notes, there are links on there to my website, my email, and to book a free coaching call. And so I would encourage people to check out the web, I'm sorry, to check out my podcast to subscribe to it. So it kind of drops in your, um, drops into your files every Tuesday and then reach out to me. I would love to, to hear from you. Um, I have a commitment at this point in my business that anyone who wants to talk with me, I'll talk with. So feel free to reach, to reach out through email or to book that free coaching call. And just so that you know, the free coaching call is a no pressure, no sales call. And what I do is I basically run people through um, kind of the first part of what would be my first coaching call if they moved into a the full program with me. But this, the purpose of that free coaching call is to just get an idea what is the biggest obstacle in your life right now? What is your top need as a parent, um, as a single parent, or as a as a father? And to just take a look at that and for you to be able to leave that half hour call with at least one actionable item, one actionable step you can take to make progress in the, um, towards that goal. And just to make it easier, if you go to the fatherhoodchallenge.com, that's the fatherhoodchallenge.com, go to this episode, look right below the episode description. I'm going to have the link to Rob's podcast there. So you can go click on it. It'll take you straight to his podcast. And from there, you'll be able to access his website, uh, his email, and any other means to be able to reach out, connect with him, or book a coaching call. As we close, what is your challenge to dads listening now? My challenge to all of you listening now is the same challenge I gave myself on that night um, that transformed my life, that changed my life. I challenge each of you to look at yourself 
and to ask yourself this question, what kind of man do I want to be? What kind of father do I want to be? And what am I going to do to start heading in that direction today? Rob, it has been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Fatherhood Challenge. You've given so many gold nuggets of wisdom and experience to a lot of dads in the audience who I know need it badly. So thank you so much for that, Rob. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fatherhood Challenge. If you would like to contact us, listen to other episodes, find any resource mentioned in this program, or find out more information about the Fatherhood Challenge, please visit thefatherhoodchallenge.com. That's thefatherhoodchallenge.com. I'd like to pause and thank our proud sponsor of the Fatherhood Challenge, Zencaster. If you've thought about podcasting before and realize that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcast production platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. But the reason I personally use and trust them with the production of this syndicated radio program is their professional broadcast quality sound. There is no better time than now to start your podcast using Zencaster for all your needs. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code fatherhood and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.